everyone, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're getting a little defensive. Not in an argumentative way or anything like that. No, today we're here to talk about two closely related defensive tactical concepts. Man marking and zonal marking. First, we're going to figure out what man marking is and what zonal marking is. And once we get all that sorted out, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of both methods. Are you ready to get started? Oh, you're ready. I can tell. Let's do this thing. Before we talk about these two different types of marking, it's important for us to get to the bottom of what marking is. Marking is just another word for defending. It's how teams keep track of opposing offensive players and defend against their off-ball movements and attacks. And there are two primary ways that soccer teams defend against offensive players. That's right, you guessed it, by using man marking and zonal marking. Don't take my word for it. According to Borussia Mönchengladbach assistant coach and tactics guru René Maric, quote, the two main types of defense used in soccer are man marking and zonal marking, unquote. Okay, Maric and I are on the same page. That's good news. So what is man marking and what is zonal marking? And how do teams implement those styles? Well, allow me to explain. Man marking is a defensive strategy that pairs individual defensive players with individual attacking players. Let's unpack that for a minute by pretending that you're in charge of setting up your Sunday League team's defensive structure. What's that you say? Your Sunday League team doesn't have a detailed defensive setup? Psst, fine. Let's pretend that I'm in charge of setting up my Sunday League team's defensive structure. If I wanted my team to man mark, I would tell all of my outfield teammates to find an opponent and stick to them. I'd say if your matchup goes one way, you go right with them. If they go the other way, boom, you're there. If they sprint towards our goal, you follow them. If they move back towards their own goal, you follow them there too. Man marking creates a bunch of 1v1 battles all over the field. It's designed to suffocate the offensive team, to exhaust them, to frustrate them, to get in their heads. So far, I've been talking about man marking in open play, aka when the ball is rolling around and one team is trying to break the other team down and get a shot on goal. But that's just one situation where man marking is used. It's also used on set pieces, like corner kicks and free kicks. When one team is defending a corner kick or a free kick, the defensive players will often match up 1v1 with individual opposing attackers. Teams man-mark on set pieces for the same reasons that they man-mark in open play. Creating all of those 1v1 matchups helps you frustrate the opposing team. It helps you muscle them out of the way and tire them out so that you can clear the ball. Okay, to do a quick recap, man-marking is a defensive approach that creates a bunch of 1v1 matchups all over the field. When a team man-marks, they're essentially telling the offensive team, wherever you're going, I'm going, whether you like it or not. Now. Let's move on to zonal marking. Conveniently, a good way to think about zonal marking is to contrast it with man marking. In 2017, tactical analyst Judah Davies wrote that in man marking, the reference point is the opponent. In zonal marking, though, Davies wrote that each player references their teammates and the ball. Therein lies the difference between man and zonal marking. Zonal marking has different reference points. Let's go back to me organizing my Sunday league team for a second. Let's say it's halftime, and I think it would be a great idea to switch up our defensive approach and stop using the man-marking style that we used in the first half and start zonal marking. To make that change happen, I would tell my teammates to stop focusing on defending their individual matchups. 
Instead, I would tell them to focus on protecting a particular zone of the field. In a zone defense, the 10 outfield players can't just run around and mark opponents willy-nilly. They have to stay at least roughly in their area. That makes sense, right? It's zone defense, not man defense. I will say, there is at least one tricky thing about zonal marking. Get ready for it. The zones move. Think back to that Judah Davies quote from a minute ago. In zonal marking, each player references their teammates and the ball. Okay, so what does that mean? Let's think about the ball for a second. The ball is the most important physical object in soccer. You can't win without it. You need the ball to score goals. Because the ball is so important, if you're back defending against an opposing attack, you can't let the other team move it around without trying to take it away from them. That's why it's important to note that zonal marking is not passive marking. If you're playing a zone defense, you still have to pressure the ball. If you're defending the right wing and the ball comes into your zone, guess what? You've got to go pressure it. That brings us to the other reference point that Davies wrote about. Teammates. When you step out to pressure on the right wing, the other nine outfield players have to step with you. If they don't, there's going to be a giant gap between you and the rest of your team. Red Bull Salzburg coach Jesse Marsh often refers to his team's zonal defensive structure as a net. His players move together, keeping short distances between each other as they shift horizontally and vertically. And if you draw little lines between the defenders as they move around together, you get something that looks just like a net. Zonal marking can be used in open play, or it can be used on set pieces. The concept is basically the same. When a team is back defending against a corner kick or free kick, individual defenders are assigned an area of the box to protect. If the ball flies into their zone, it's their job to get rid of it. Okay. So to recap, zonal marking is a defensive approach that assigns players zones of the field to protect. And those zonal defenders move around a little bit as the other team moves the ball and as their own teammates move. We've got the fundamentals down. But before we get into the pros and cons of playing man versus playing zone, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by Keeps. As guys, so often a lot of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. We love how it feels after getting a fresh cut. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Because let's face it, no guy is ever really ready to go bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. In the past, you used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it super easy and deliver your medication every three months, so you can say bye-bye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and more than 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatment starts at just $10 a month, plus for a limited time, you can get your first month free. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps.com Soccer 101 to receive your first month of treatments for free. That's Keeps.com Soccer 101. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-O-C-C-E-R, the number one, the number zero, and the number one to receive your first month of treatment for free. Thank you very much to Keeps for sponsoring this episode of Soccer 101. 
Now, let's get back to defending. We've already gone through the basics of man and zonal marking. Now the important question that we need to answer is, why use one defensive approach over the other? How do coaches decide whether to defend man-to-man or to defend in zones? Well, they decide by evaluating the strengths and weaknesses of both approaches. Man-marking is a straightforward defensive concept, especially relative to zonal marking. Don't get me wrong, there are nuances to it, but its basic components are simple and easy to teach, which is a big advantage for coaches looking to maximize their time in training. Man-marking is also extremely intense, almost by its very nature. For a coach who wants their team to put its proverbial foot on the gas as often and as firmly as possible, there's value in having an aggressive approach to marking. Man-marking has its benefits, but those benefits are pretty regularly overshadowed by some major downsides. To explain some of those downsides, we need to stop for a quick history lesson. In the mid-20th century, man-marking was all the rage. It was the default method of defensive organization. Back then, a lot of teams used the WM formation, which is just shorthand for saying a 3-2-2-3 formation. When two teams played the WM at the same time, 10 1v1 matchups appeared naturally on the field. Why? Because the formation is palindromic. It appears the same way forwards and backwards. So if each team was using a WM shape, one team's back three could mark the other team's front three, one team's two defensive midfielders could mark the two opposing attacking midfielders, and so on. It was simple for the defensive team, and simplicity is a big benefit of man marking. Things were all rosy for man-to-man defensive styles, until things started to change. As time went on, soccer became more sophisticated. Offensive teams figured out ways to drag defenders out of position, creating space to attack into. Formations also began to change, which limited the number of obvious defensive matchups and made team-wide man-marking much more uncommon. And that's where we are today. Modern soccer is so fast. It's made up of increasingly athletic players and increasingly adept coaches. In today's game, man-marking takes so much mental and physical energy from players. It takes uninterrupted focus and nearly perfect communication, and those things are really, really hard to come by. That's why man-marking has become so rare, at least in open play. A lot of teams use it as a way to defend set pieces, but only a handful of managers use it as a consistent defensive strategy. Argentinian manager Marcelo Bielsa is famous for his man-marking defensive approach. To his credit, sometimes it works, and his teams win games by three or four goals. Other times, though, they'll lose by three or four goals. The same thing could be said about San Jose Earthquakes manager Matias Almeida. In the 2020 MLS season, the Earthquakes had a minus 21 goal difference over a seven-game stretch before bouncing back and winning four of their next five games. Man-marking makes for entertaining soccer, but it also makes for extremely risky, inconsistent soccer. Where man-marking is risky and inconsistent, zonal marking is solid. It came into being at least partially because man-marking was becoming less and less effective. Zone defense is like a stack of nice, warm blankets. If you lose one, you've still got another blanket or two left in the stack. Coaches like zonal marking because if the other team gets past one zone, there are still plenty of other zones that they have to break through before they get to goal. You can still manipulate zone defenses, but it's not always easy. You can try to draw the defense to one side and then quickly pass the ball over to the other side, or you can try to overload specific zones of the field to create plus ones. 
Maybe an offensive team pushes their right winger and right back forward to create a 2v1 advantage against the opposing left back. That's a plus one, and zone defenses have to adapt and deal with those kinds of plus ones over the course of a game. Managers who are known for focusing on defensive work like Diego Simeone and Jose Mourinho typically use a zonal approach to defending. And even coaches that we usually think are more offensive-minded, like Pep Guardiola, use zonal marking. While it's extremely popular during open play, zonal marking isn't as widely used on set pieces. That's not to say it's not used. If you turn on your TV on any given Saturday and watch a few soccer games, you'll see some teams defend their box with man defense, others defend it with zone defense, and still others using a mixture of the two. All of those approaches have their upsides and their downsides. If you lose your man while man marking in the box, you're in trouble. And if you're slow to react while defending your zone in the box, you're also in trouble. While coaches argue with each other about which type of marking is best for set-piece defense, you can rest in the fact that you now know exactly what they're debating about. That's it for this episode of Soccer 101. We talked about man marking and zonal marking, focusing on the basics of each defensive approach and the differences between the two. I'm Joe Lowry. Thanks for listening, everyone. 